Hi, this is Theo, and you are listening to a special edition of Between Two Trains. This week we bring you all the candidates for Shambly City Council. And now, Between Two Trains. Van Pappas here with Between Two Trains, and today we are talking with Thomas Hogan, who is running for Shambly City Council District 3. Thomas, welcome to Between Two Trains. Let's start off with you telling us um, how long how, you've lived in Shambly now for about 18, 19 years, right? Mm-hmm. And how long have you been on council? So, first of all, uh, thank you for inviting me. Uh, thank you for um, uh, presenting this uh, format for allowing for um, each of the candidates to present their credentials. Uh, I think this is a very super valuable thing that you're doing, and I just want to let you know that I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I've been on council for 12 years, and I've lived in Shambly for about 18. Okay. And what, obviously, council is a part-time gig, so you have a real job. Uh, not that council is not a real job, but what, what do you do as your profession? Well, city council is the most full-time, part-time job, I think, that we know That's a about great right way here. to put it. That's right. Uh, but my uh, financial endeavor for income to feed my family is I have been a mortgage banker for the past 20 years. Okay. And so when you moved to Shambly 18 years ago, obviously Atlanta is a big metropolitan area. What drove you to our area over any of the other Sandy Springs, Dunwoody, wherever? You know, it was a real random uh, choice that I made in selecting Shambly because uh, – Uh, My first wife and I at the time were interested in purchasing a property that we could possibly do a renovation to, find an equity gain um, in that transaction, uh, sell it, and move on to the next house. And um, as so often happens, and uh, as happened to us, uh, I purchased and did the renovation and found that the spot that I was in was a really good spot for where I wanted to be. And so my interest in uh, continuing to do that activity um, subsided pretty quickly. So you've moved into Shambly now, back 18 years ago. Was there something that prompted you to say, hey, I want to run for local political office here in Shambly? You know, um, that's a great question. I've been involved in um, civic planning, uh, social activities, uh, civic activities for, um, for a long time, even, even long before I got to, uh, to Shambly. Um, going backward and uh, chronologically, uh, prior to being in Shambly on the city council, uh, I was very active in the Buckhead community. Uh, I was a member of the neighborhood planning unit uh, NPUB, uh, which is uh, Buckhead, um, you know, Buckhead proper with Chastain, uh, some of Chastain, and all the way down Peachtree Road. And we, uh, the, the NPUB system is a way station for city council business as it relates to various permitting uh, procedures to allow an opportunity for the community to weigh in on, um, on important matters that might be important to them. Uh, you know, the city of Atlanta is large and it's very important that they have a mechanism to be able to have citizen input and the NPUB is just that. Um, being on the um, NPUB is a matter of either being a representative from a neighborhood association or being a representative of the business community I was the chairperson of all of the business community representatives for the NPUB. Uh, I did that for a couple of years. I was the VP for government relations uh, at the Buckhead Business Association for a couple of years. And prior to that, um, I had been, I created and ran a nonprofit up in Washington, D.C. called the Enterprise Development Foundation, which was focused on doing inner city economic development using entrepreneurship education as the core curriculum 
for students to be able to go to work and shadow people that own their own business so that they could kind of see how business people uh, real you know live and breathe um, in terms of you know as a measure to try to see if I couldn't uh, broaden their their vision and their horizons for what they thought might be uh, possible for themselves so mentioning the business community let's let's go down that path here in Shambly. I want to talk, you know how passionate I am about our business community. Do you personally think that Shambly is a business-friendly city? I do. Can you expound on what makes us a business-friendly city? What do you think? Well, you know, um, when I first got on council back 12 years ago, um, this place was busting at the seams. You know, back before the financial collapse, uh, this was, the, the idea was if you build it, they will come. And we had uh, just recently undertaken a massive upzoning. We had, um, you know, uh, put in place um, zoning uh, criteria uh, and requirements that really kind of shaped the city um, in, a, in a way that is kind of the foundation for what we're experiencing as, as a lot of the good things happening today. And I, uh, I felt like that 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 train had left the station. And so when I got on council, my goal um, was to um, try to provide for uh, a mechanism to be able to support the business community as it came in. Um, and I'm telling you all this because it's important for you know your listener base to know that there is not this idea that we have the Chamber of Commerce that is pro-business and the city council and or the mayor or staff that is not. Um, in our time on, in my time on council, we not only did I, um, you know, modify the Shambly Area Business and Professional Coalition to create the Shambly Business Association that vastly changed the conversation about business in Shambly. Uh, we did a lot of the uh, the work, you know, that led up to your um, having founded the uh, the current Chamber of Commerce uh, with exploratory committees and that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of energy behind really kind of supporting that path. Um, as it relates to economic activity, I um, asked council and was approved. We actually created a committee of the whole called the Economic Development uh, Committee in Chambly. And for a year, we met monthly exploring a variety of different economic development functionality that the city could actually undertake. Uh, it was really, um, you know, we were really growing and really trying to learn and really trying to understand what would be best as a way to be able to to grow our city and one of the things that kind of happened uh, I don't want to say serendipitously but simultaneously maybe was the annexation of Huntley Hills and subsequently the annexation uh, in DECA because the larger um, footprint for the city created a whole different structure in terms of what we were doing from a service delivery standpoint which gave us the real flexibility to answer the call that we had had for some time in creating a position at the city of an economic development director to creating a public outreach manager you know a lot uh, a public relations person i mean we have a lot of mechanisms in place uh that are here because of the desire that we've had for years that's been growing in order to be able to put in place a significant support mechanism for businesses to be able to thrive in shambly yeah that's that's great. So, 
keeping on the same thing with the businesses, you know, we've we've experienced a lot of new development in Shambly, and that's called caused valuations of properties to go up, and obviously it's also caused rents to rise. Um, it's creating a market that has more challenges for the small mom and pop business, which we do have a lot of. Do you feel that the city has any obligation to help try mitigate the rising rents for the businesses that have really been our backbone for decades? I think the core purpose of a city is to provide core services. I believe that the real purpose of our uh, function is to provide a great place to live, work, and play. And I think that the city uh, inherently uh, answers to the call of council, which should be a direct representation of our citizens on exactly what those services are. And it is unquestionable, uh, it is unquestioned that the citizens of Shambly have demanded that the city be active in providing an uh, environment for um, smart growth for Shambly. You know, there is, anytime you have, I mean, Van, you gotta remember that when we started this, we were nobody's favorite. And we pounded and pounded to build the brand equity of, the, of even the word Shambly. We did the Shambly Business Association. I did, did you, do you, I don't know if you remember, I actually hosted an open mic night at I, Get Coffee do, for over a year. I do remember I mean, that. I, we were doing anything and everything possible to drive the concept that Shambly was cool, arts-friendly, open-minded, progressive, yeah. uh, just a wonderful place for families to be able to live and thrive. It, the old story used to be that people would live here, get married, have a child, and move to Dunwoody. And, you know, the mayor and I had, as we would sit around drinking beers, the real objective of if we can just get them to have their baby and stay, that we would, it would be a victory. Yeah. You know, but we, so we have the Shamley Business Association, the Open Mic Night, the Shamley Farmer's Market, uh, the Shamley Fun Mud Run. I mean, everything that I... Taste of Shamley. The Taste of Shamley, my gosh. The, everything that I've learned... If I remember right, you... Did you? How did you participate with the Taste of Shambly? The, the, the Taste of Shambly was created as part of the centennial celebration. Right. It had um, probably about maybe two thousand people in the middle of Peachtree Road during uh, during two thousand and eight as a city um, sponsored function for um, being able to have this. City that was part of their hundredth anniversary. Exactly. So then the financial crash came, and we all sat around, uh, you know, freshly elected. You know, and it was like, well, what, what are we going to do now? You know, and I had just gone through and led the recreation of the, of the business organization and knew that I had a tremendous number of people that were passionate about wanting to, to move this forward. And uh, so I took, uh, I took the reins of the idea of the Taste of Shambly and turned it into what is our current modern day festival and, and, and concert that we actually have. The main stage, if you remember, we had the main stage contest, which was a function of the open mic night, where we had local acts compete to be able to win some time on the main stage. Then we booked you know, uh, popular acts to be able to come in that night. We had uh, you know, vendors and food service providers. We actually had even, uh, I think the last year I did it, uh, we actually had a sustainability fair where we asked all of the uh, businesses in Shamley that had, a, had something to do with sustainability to come and participate and showcase their products. So we've gotten way off topic. The, yeah. the point That's was, okay. The point That's was, good stuff. I've got a lot to 
<laughs> we, we, got, we only got a certain amount of time. Um, I do want to say, though, that the, the brand equity of all that we did contributed to a push toward making Shambly a place where people wanted to be. Sure, sure. It made us very desirable. And people have answered that call. They're coming in droves. They're built. They're wanting to build. We, you know, you talked about the increase in development. We increased 24 percent in development from 2017 year over year to 2018. Right. I mean, we're a hot. Place well, let's to let's let's merge that that thought into the next question that I have, which has to do with transportation, because we are bringing more people, more development into it. And so, with all the new commercial areas that we have. We know we have, especially in our downtown, uh, uh, limited parking. It's, it's a problem, right? Would you agree it's a problem? I think it's going to be an issue, yeah. Okay. So what are your thoughts on how the city council and the city as a whole, you know, what solutions do you have for that? And does that include any electric scooters? Okay. I'm so throwing the electric scooters I'm for gonna, a reason. I'm going to cheat a little bit. I want to I want to finish my answer from the previous question. Go for it. You would ask me to do. Does the city have an obligation to? to uh, and what is our obligation to people as it relates to growth? And I'll tell you that we do. And in, in as much as we've fully contributed to making Shambly an amazing place, we also have a very uh, great responsibility to make sure that moving forward we have proper management so that mom and pop shops can afford uh, a cost per square foot to have their place. You know, this, this is really being talked about in the community as a, um, with the term affordable housing. And it's a great topic to talk about, but affordability is something that will challenge us moving forward. And I would venture to tell you that it needs to be studied and we don't have the answers currently. Okay. Okay, uh, just to get that out of the way. Um, transportation is um, an amazing challenge. And I believe that it's being answered uh, with the way that we're developing, the way that we're, we've got Shamley planned uh, as it relates to um, the density that we're um, encouraging people to build with, the walkability that we're encouraging people to install, uh, the path, uh, the Beltline style pathway network that we are, uh, that's now a major part of the multimodal, uh, the master transportation plan that we've just approved. Um, everything that we're doing speaks to being able to work in a way where we can encourage people to work locally, uh, to be able to use bicycles, uh, scooters, um, you know, to walk, uh, whatever the case may be, uh, you know, we, you know, we've, we're recognizing that scooters, um, just as a, as an item, are being seen as a problem in other areas. Yeah, that's why I brought that question up. Well, I think we have a solution for that. I think that our solution is, if you've seen the, uh, the work, uh, the work plan that's planned for the front of Marta, you'll see that it's a, a beautiful plaza. And it's not unreasonable to expect that there might be uh, uh, pre-approved docking stations for certain, um, you know, certain of those types of e, you know, transportation methods, whether it's an e-scooter or an e-bike or whatever. I mean, you might have a, a floating disc one day. <laughs> but the truth is um, that I, our responsibility, because the last mile of connectivity is the powerful mile, and I believe that if we have a docking station equal in uh, our parks as an offset to the park itself, then people can walk out of their neighborhood, get to the park, hop on a scooter, ride it to the MARTA station, have a place to be able to dock it appropriately, get on the train, and go where they need to go. And conversely, if you're arriving from the airport, driving, you know, you're riding MARTA up to uh, Shambly, you can get off of that. Uh, if you're, you can take 
Uber or Lyft or whatever, or you can hop on an e-bike and scoot over to uh, Keswick and hop off and put it in its appropriate docking station and walk the last couple of blocks to your house. I'm glad you mentioned Uber and whatnot. Do you feel like there's some communities where they're designing uh, actual like Uber drop-off points? Where yeah. Okay, so yeah. we have that currently yeah. in the plans. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you'll, you'll see... You know, we don't have a parking requirement within a certain distance from the Marta station. We are leaving it to the market for, hey, you know, you're about to invest, you know, $47 million in a big, huge, beautiful building. You know, you need to know what your tenants need. You need to know what your customers need. Uh, we've told you that, you know, you're going to build what it is that you feel like you need. And if you want to rely on the idea that pe more people are going to take Marta or ride Uber or Lyft or whatever the case may be, that's a decision that we're, we're comfortable leaving to, you know, the developer to make. Well, I want to make sure that we have enough time for everything. So I ha do have another question that changes gears a little. Since the recession, we've seen that the price of housing inside 285 has crept up, especially the last few years. It's Sorry. increased. All right. And we have a divide between the younger populations that are moving to the area who look at the rising costs as a way to increase their net worth because they're just getting started in life, and the older populations who've been here a long time who struggle to stay and say, hey, I'm, I'm a senior or I'm close to being a senior and these rising uh, real estate prices are causing a lot of headache for my pocketbook. What solutions do you think we should support? Uh, with We want to still increase the property values, but we also want to ensure that our senior population, our aging population is not priced out of Chambly. Well, you know, we have uh, exemptions and discounts or in some cases downright free services from the city for people that qualify where uh, both people, if there are two people or the one person living in, a, in their primary home is above a certain age. So we have built-in mechanisms to be able to provide what I think is necessary relief for people that are entering into a phase of their life where there is a significant reduction in their earning power. And I think that's that's about the best you can say, because is there any other thing I that can, we can... I can talk for three hours on the housing market. I mean, that's, that's what I do all day, every day, and have for 20 years in a number of capacities, residential lending, commercial lending... I've done analysis for market studies on multifamily projects. I've, I've done a lot of stuff. So I'm seeing what's happening in Shambly. And, you know, I feel uh, an obligation to bring not just the joy of all of the upside, but I feel an obligation to bring uh, sobriety to the nature of what, are, what kind of a community are we trying to be. If we want to be you know, Buckhead and Brookhaven, all we have to do is step out of the way because the market's going to blow past us, you know? I know this is a big, broad question, but if you're reelected, what is your vision for the next four years uh, it, with you being a council person? Are you asking what I see it as what is the what, city? Or what, the what, city. What am I going to focus on? I think a little bit of both. Okay, so I think that the... I know that's a broad question. Yes. You could probably also talk three hours on that as I, well. I could. You know, the, the reality is I, I think that the, trans, the, the master transportation plan and the um, comprehensive plan update are good. And I think they provide the framework for what we're doing for the next couple of years. Uh, the, um, the only way that we need to have... I think the only thing that we need to intervene 
on as it relates to that is uh, the concept that is kind of elusive right now, and that is the you know that you brought up at the beginning, which is affordability. Uh, I think that there is going to come a time where we're going to have to uh, put some you know mechanisms in place to be able to provide for um, you know requirements for affordable housing units and possibly even for and when you when you use the word affordable because i've heard a lot of people use sure. that word and some yeah. people get confused you're not talking about like section 8 type housing you're talking about like workforce housing is yeah. that what you mean when you say affordable so um i'm gonna get technical with you here for a minute because i you know our listeners hopefully can can look this up too um the industry identifies the function of affordability, as you know it, as workforce housing, as 80% of the AMI, which is the average median income uh, for your um, standard metropolitan statistical area, your SMSA, uh, which is a, you know, for us, that's, that's this part of Atlanta. Um, it's called Sandy Springs, but it's for this whole area. Um, that currently is um, approximately 59000 $500 a year, which, you know, you take that and give it a monthly okay. divide by 12. And then what they're suggesting is you've got to be able to fulfill uh, principal interest taxes and insurance or rent, whatever that housing cost is, it's got to fit under 31% of that uh, monthly AMI. Yeah. That's, that's what we're talking about in terms of affordable. You know, when we visited Asheville recently, they had their range of what they were considering affordable. And it was, you know, zero to 30% AMI, 40 to 60% AMI. And what I recognized that they were doing was they were taking on the burden of not just workforce housing, but they were also talking about public housing. They were talking about what is the, the government's total responsibility for all housing. And I can tell you right now that one of the things that I'm hoping that we study is that we can identify who between Chambly, DeKalb County, and the state of Georgia, who is it that's going to be responsible for providing solutions for which parts of that puzzle? Uh, we, uh, you know, I, I presented um, to council the idea that we would study affordable housing. Um, you know, uh, council and uh, staff thought that there was um, a need to have some programs be implemented and explored first. Um, I think that, you know, that thought's kind of putting the cart before the horse. I think we really should study it and find out what our need is and what, you know, what is it that we feel like we can uh, reasonably fulfill. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, affordable housing to me is meeting that workforce housing component. And, you know, we may have an affordable housing issue. We may not. It depends on, you know, whether or not we're suggesting that the MARTA station in the middle of town provides uh, a convenient access to people to live outside of Shambly, or maybe we have decided that, you know, workforce housing is part of the character as it relates to the community members of Shambly, and therefore, you know, we don't care where people have to travel from to get here. It's not, matter, it's not a matter of fulfilling workforce housing needs. It's a matter of making sure that we maintain a certain character of our city. Well, we're almost out of time, so I want to end this with allowing you the opportunity to express to the listeners that are listening to this why you should be their representative on city council. Okay, so I'll try to keep this under half an hour. <laughs> you, you, you got two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've been on the council for 12 years. Uh, I'm very passionate about uh, what I've helped uh, contribute to what we're seeing as 
um, amazing results from our hard work. Um, I believe that we have a lot of big stones left to turn. Uh, I do believe that understanding uh, the financial planning and funding solutions moving forward is going to be key. Uh, I'm just the person to be on council uh, as it relates to that. Uh, in addition, I believe that uh, we are, if we're going to have um, a long-term relationship with a successful airport, uh, there needs to be uh, much more attention and much more effort to create some sort of a mechanism to be able to make sure that both entities are uh, working in concert moving forward, whether it is um, materials that we require in certain homes in certain areas to be able to deafen uh, the obvious noise from an airplane taking off or landing, uh, whether it is uh, us making sure that we zone properly to create buffers for our where people are living so that people can work uh, closer to the airport, uh, making sure that we are managing the air quality, uh, you know, advocating for potentially, you know, currently the, the curfew at the airport is a voluntary curfew. Um, I would um, like to make, I, I would like to explore with the FCC, uh, FAA, what it is that we can do uh, to participate in um, that designation and whether or not we can create some periods of time throughout the course of the night where it's not just voluntary, maybe it's not mandatory, maybe there's something we can create called semi-voluntary where those people that are landing because they're short on fuel or ha are conducting a life flight, the life line, those yeah. folks get in regardless, but the people that are flying in in order to be able to attend a concert or to be able to uh, meet a, you know, a, a business meeting uh, with some sort of timeline, those folks can wait and, and come in at other times when people are awake and doing their business. So there's the airport. Uh, I'm a big fan of exploring something that you, you and I are very intimate with, and that is uh, the idea of the municipal broadband. Uh, I think that the, we are gaining enough concentration downtown where uh, lighting up dark fiber in a downtown area for the purpose of being able to create uh, a very amazing uh, and valuable centerpiece to what might be an amazing way to attract um, technology jobs for our area uh, is uh, something that I'm really, really excited at exploring. Um, so, you know, the ideas of how it is that we're moving forward, um, continuing the work that I've done at Dresden Elementary along Shambly uh, Tucker Road uh, with regard to affordable housing, um, you know, these are only the, the, the tip of the iceberg for what I'm hoping to do and why it is that I hope that listeners see me as um, someone who they might like to support for re-election. Well, thank you, Tom. We appreciate you coming on the show, and um, good luck in November, and we'll be watching to see what the results are. Thanks a lot for coming on. Thank you, Dan. <laughs>